Welcome to the Love Lab podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single or couple, this is the show for you because, well, sex matters. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Céline Remy. All right. Welcome back to the Love Lab podcast. This is episode 80 and it is coaching Randy through the dynamics of open relationships. So this is going to be kind of fun. It's sort of a virtual coaching session. Now, Randy didn't actually want to be on the show, but he was okay with us using the questions. And so what we thought we would do was sort of recreate as best we could in 30 minutes the actual coaching session that Randy had. So we're going to go sort of through um, his questions and we're going to answer them the way that we did. Now, keep in mind, his coaching session was a lot more than just 30 minutes. So, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a condensed version of, but you'll get the idea. And the other thing too, is the questions were a starting point. And when you are live, sometimes there's things that come through, or um, there's just like you bounce off something you just said and keep going down the rabbit hole of something else. And so what was really interesting about the, the questions he had, like he wanted to prepare and be able to get the most value from our time together. And it was so helpful to see those. And then we realized that these questions are like universal for people who are looking to open their relationships, who want answer on an understanding about how the whole thing works. So we thought, hey, making a show from it. So we did get his permission and um, Yes, still needed to keep it as anonymous as possible, so we did change his name, but that's the only thing, the rest is all real. That's right, so if you think you know who Randy is, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm really excited, and I'm going to jump into our questions, but before we do that, I want to shout out um, to our sponsor, Power & Mastery. Obviously, you've heard about our sponsors if you've been listening to the Love Lab podcast, and you know that this is the best place for men who want to learn how to be great in bed, basically. Um, Power & Mastery has three different online courses, whether you want to have harder, stronger erections, or you want to last longer, or you want to have better skills, there is a course for you and you can check it all out at powerandmastery.com. All right. Well, let's just jump in. Do you want to maybe uh, give a little backstory about Randy? And because we're going to jump in and his first question is he wants to understand his friend's desire for an open relationship, but maybe we should set the ground about who he and his friend are. Absolutely. So, um, Randy is um, in his 50s and he was recently traveling and went to uh, Europe and he was interested in seeing like how does it work in other places, how do people flirt. One of the things that was coming up for him too was he was finding it difficult to date here and that oftentimes a lot of women in his age group felt very jaded with life and relationship and he's definitely more young, youthful and wanting some it's not the youth that he's looking for it's the radiance it's the energy of excitement and still wanting to have a life because when you're 50 um you're a little maybe over half of your life but you still got a good portion of it left and so you don't want to start like going downhill at 50s it's just kind of when it starts being good yeah i mean everybody's attracted to radiance and wants radiance 
And I think in his case, it really was more that he was just wanting somebody that still had some optimism for life. Yes. You know, it's like, like you said, he's still got a big chunk of his life left. Mm-hmm. And who wants to go through that with somebody who's basically over it? Absolutely. Right? So uh, he met somebody while traveling. And um, while she was a bit younger, um, the, the relationship right now is long distance. There, there might be a potential for living in together or not. Like there's a lot of components to it. Uh, but that's kind of the background without giving too many personal details. So you understand more where he's coming from. Yes. And there was there's one more detail that factors in when we talk about opening relationships, which is that she was just out of a long relationship. Yes. And so she has hesitancy to jump right back into another one, mm-hmm. which is understandable. Yes. And he didn't get into this relationship like, hey, this is what I want. It's coming more from her. But because he's having such a beautiful connection with that woman, he is considering... Um, opening up or seeing what this looked like. And so this is why really he wanted some coaching and reached out to us because he wanted to to know, well, how to make it work, what was possible and like make a more informed decision based on that. Okay. So now you understand where he's at, which means his questions will make way more sense. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So... He started by wanting to understand if his friend's desire for an open relationship is selfish and maybe naive, or is it something that's genuine and kind and workable? Um, and so, what he 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 gave us a little bit of things, saying like she doesn't want to be controlled because she's just been out of a long marriage. She wants to be free of the rules of common relationships and create her own. Yeah, so there's there's this idea when it comes to open relating, and you'll hear people actually say this. I've literally had people say this. They go, you just want your cake and eat it too. <laughs> That's all. That's all. You just want your cake and eat it too, right? Like this is, this is what people will say when they're jaded about open relationships. So you see a little bit of that here in his question, which is he's wondering, is this just selfish and naive or is it genuine? He's wanting to know, like, does she really just want her cake and eat it too? Or does she really have a genuine desire for it? Now, my take on it, just from what we know about the situation, is here is a woman that was in a long-term relationship that ended badly, and she is not sure if she wants to jump into another one of those. But she's having attraction to Randy. And she's interested in spending time. Of course, there are some additional hurdles as well, like the the distance between the two of them. So this actually, to me, is one of those cases where it would potentially make sense to try an open relationship. One thing that I want to to mention here is is really knowing your why. Why do you want to go into one style of a relationship over the other one? And if you're going to, to do another relationship just because you're thinking, I want open relationship because I want to have a shitload more sex than I'm having currently, that's usually not the best reason per se. And it doesn't always mean that's what you're going to get because, you know, scheduling gets tricky and managing a lot of people. One of the very first thing that people need to understand is anytime you open up a relationship and you add people, everything gets magnified. 
That means the love gets magnified, but so do the issues or the resentments, little things. And if you're getting going into an open relationship from the for the wrong reasons, you're really going to hit your head against a wall. If you're doing them for the right reasons, where you want to have a growth, where you want to experience something new, you want to see something alternative. In her situation, she did the traditional route. She she did, let's get married, let's do all of this. And it did not and the way that she pictured when she said I do for life and so I understand that then comes a point where like wow if what I did or what I've been told was going to work out didn't what else is there I want to try the other alternative because this was such a letdown and so coming from that place of curiosity is a great place Trying open relating because you want to fix your broken relationship is not a good reason. Yeah, and we we actually hear that. We've heard that quite a few times from people where they say, well, I'm not getting enough sex in my relationship, so I'm going to try open relating. Or my relationship isn't really working, so I thought if we brought another person in that that might (laughs) fix it. This is, yeah. this is like that insane thing where people are like, well, our relationship is bad, so we'll have a child and that will somehow make it all better. Like Absolutely. it's completely ridiculous. A point that I like to make a lot is that you have to realize that having a relationship with more than one person exponentially increases the dynamics involved. Mm-hmm. So when it's just two people, you just have a dynamic between two people. Most likely. Sometimes there can be dynamics between family members that also get in the way of your relationship. But for the most part, it's just two people. Mm -hmm. Now you bring in a third person. It doesn't just mean one more dynamic. It actually means two more dynamics because you have the relationship between these two and those two and then the other two, right? Every combination of the three that exists is another relationship dynamic. And so you're complicating things exponentially, you know, add a fourth person in, how many dynamics are there between every person Mm -hmm. in that group of four? So it's not for the faint of heart (laughs) and it's not that easy. So your point, Celine, about doing it for the right reason is so important because you are embarking on a challenge that's going to be harder than what you're used to, especially if you've never done it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very important to have that discussion together. If uh, you're like Randy in a situation like that, and one of you is wanting to open up, is to be honest. Why do you want to open up? Is it because you're not having all your needs met and you're like, hey, you're not my forever partner and I don't want to be stuck and then, you know, not have any more options? Or is it because we want to do this together? One thing that and I think we'll talk more about this later through the questions, is what's important is it should add to your relationship and not take away. So number one, you want to have clarity of your why. Number two, you want to be honest, even if it hurts about why you're doing it. And then you want to choose together to embark on this. And now in order for this to be successful, you need to put certain things in place and you need to do this as a team. Absolutely. And <laughs> and so one of the things that she said is she wants to be free of the rules of common relationships so that she can create her own rules. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah, that's basically what open relating is. Yes. It's like you are free to create whatever rules for relationship you want. So from our point of view, I think we both agreed that the why seems to be legit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's step one. 
So let's move on to the second question here. So for, for him, he's trying to wrap his head around it. And he's saying the idea of an open relationship bothers me less if I keep myself detached from her. But she wants to be close to me, but still be free to indulge. She said she longs for a deeper connection with me, but doesn't want it to close her off to the world. That's so common where there's some people think that, okay, if I will love deeply, it can, it can only be one person. Open, rela <laughs> open, open relationships doesn't mean that you are shallow and it's not deep. You could do it like this or you could just be a swinger and not have like deep connection. But a lot of people, um, and I know from my and when I was doing open relationships, it was all about the love. It was all about the connection. And so I learned how can I love somebody fully, intensely, and love somebody else just the, with the same intensity. And it's never the same. Anyone who is listening who has children, you know, you love all of your kids. And it's, you know, people say, I love them the same. But if you really look at it, you, you love them with the same intensity, hopefully. <laughs> but there's a, a different bond with everyone, but that you can value that bond and that difference. And I think it's the same with open relationship here. Absolutely. And there's, there's this misunderstanding that to go deep... It has to be just two people. Mm -hmm. And so this is a, a false dichotomy that we're presented with all the time, which is, well, I can have multiple people and it'll just be kind of shallow and we won't really ever go deep and we won't really, you know, get to the really good stuff. Or I could just settle down with one person and go deep. That dichotomy isn't true. You can still go deep and you can still have all that stuff with more people. Yeah, it's going to be a little harder. It's going to take more time, right? Maybe, maybe more time because... <laughs> There's only so many uh, evenings you can spend talking with each one, you know, or only so many trips and travels and things that you can do that will, will take you into those, those uh, deeper levels. But it's absolutely possible. Yes. And so remember, it's, it's all about you create your own rules right? There's not like, oh, we follow this roadmap. Sure, you can. These are guidelines like we're giving you here. But here again, it's about creating your own rules. And so if we if we read to the next question, I think it will help to, uh, to answer that too. Because she says that what happened recently was unplanned and simply an exploration. Does planning it or not planning make any difference? If so, was it really not planned? You know, so for him, in his eyes, what happened was uh, very likely, like intense, you know. And so he's trying to find this balance of the scales, you know, that would involve intent. And it's a, such, a, such a good question. Um, because some people know for sure they want to go into an open relationship. And some people, it kind of happens, like for him here, where uh, for, in my case... I didn't specifically seek that out, but I had a partner who said that's what he wanted. And so I knew getting into the relationship, that's what we were going to do. And that's how we created things that worked for us, created rules and guidelines, more guidelines and rules, you know, uh, but like really made it a beautiful, safe container to explore that. And so 
what I see here too is someone who has been in a long-term relationship, who is finally out and who's still young and wants to explore. And I find it very wise to be like, hey, you know, I have this deep connection with you and I don't want to go right back into another serial monogamous relationship before I know for sure the things that I want in life. Yeah. And so, like you said, you can intend to be in an open relationship mm-hmm. where you say, I'm going to go out and look for this and try to create it. That's one way. Mm-hmm. And then the other way is, okay, here are the circumstances before us. Mm-hmm. And what style of relationship would work well with those circumstances? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where they're at here. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, she wasn't going out and searching for an open relationship, nor was he. But they find themselves in this situation where, you know, she stated that she longs for a deeper connection mm-hmm. with him. And at the same time, she wants to create her own rules because the old way didn't work for her. Mm-hmm. So, again, I think this is, this is a pretty good fit for trying this out. Now, I would also say that because neither of them were like, and I've, we've met people like this. We know plenty of them where they're like, open relationship is our thing, you know, mm-hmm. like, like that's who we are to the core. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's our way of being. I don't know that that's their way of mm-hmm. being in this case. So I would also caution both of them to say, okay, so this seems to fit what you want in this moment, but make sure that you realize that it might change in the future, right? In one way or the other. We, we don't really know. But because it's more of an exploration, because it's an openness to see what you can create in this moment, just know that what you eventually end up creating might look very differently. And so that was definitely one of the advice that we gave him was, if you are doing this, do it for yourself. And don't do it for her. Don't do it because you're like, oh, you're too scared that you're not going to find somebody else as great. Do it because you are absolutely, utterly excited about the exploration and who you will become in the process of learning open relating. Don't do it, move away to the other side of the planet and then three months later realize that you guys are not a fit and then be really resentful or sad that you left your old life and now you're like in Europe somewhere and that's not working out. You have to love it every minute and not be attached of it to really uh, to last forever and you want to have the growth. And see it as an adventure. Yes. Right? Like look at it of a world of possibilities mm-hmm. that just opened up to you mm-hmm. that you could create it any way you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's amazing. So I'm really excited about the next question because we spent a lot of time in our coaching around that question and I'm going to give it enough time. Um, so basically, Randy's question was, what scenarios would be okay? Each of us going out with separate partners or bringing a third in the bedroom or do we do like one-time encounters only or multiple st- times but stop when there's feelings that grow? Uh, do we do couples exchanging partner near each other? I mean, or do we completely separate Separates with no knowledge of the encounter? Do we report back after uh, in details after each encounter? Do whatever, but tell the other people when affection grows for someone on the outside. 
Wow. <laughs> and this is why I'm saying like, this is where we spent most of the meat of our coaching time uh, mm-hmm. with him because there is so much. And I think everyone who's exploring this has these questions. I sure had these. Mm-hmm. And... The first thing I want to say is that okay, yeah, okay, yeah, go for it, All and right. then and then I, I yeah, because there's some, there's some before we answer the individual questions, yes. there's a couple general statements that we can make, and you go first, I'll go second. Okay, absolutely. So the first thing I want to say is that there's no set rule. We ask him, what do you want? What feels good for you? And um, for me, uh, it's was I always liked to know every details. I actually got turned on knowing everything. Something that was very important to me was inclusion. And that meant that I had a right to be on the date so that my other partner went to anytime I chose to. Like I didn't have to ask, do I have permission? I could show up if I wanted to, or if they were making love in the bedroom, I could just be there. Um, And because I had this inclusion right, I very seldomly used it. But it took a lot of the pressure off of like, what happens if my partner goes away on a date and I feel so lonely and miserable and then I can don't want to be by myself at home crying my eyes off while they're having sex and the time of their life. So if that such scenario happens, I could tag along and be like, hey, I need, I need extra like attention or I need love or I want to be included. And that was always okay. So really, you got to start to take each one of these scenarios. And that's why in this particular podcast, we won't do, take you through that. But that's what we did with Randy. We took him down more of each scenarios and, and had him look at, hey, what feels good? Like, how does your body react to that? What do you like? What gets you turned on? Until he started to know like, oh, this is probably what would feel right. And one last thing before I let you talk, Kevin, is... Please remember that there is a big difference between what you make in your head and what truly happens in reality. I found that it was always harder in my head when I was thinking about the scenarios than when I was actually living them. Because in our minds, we are have a tendency to make things maybe harder or like we forget the love that comes when more people are together we kind of see all the problems but in reality we forget that people are truly kind and compassionate especially when you're together to like you know make love it's really what happens and you can you can move through little hiccups or or insecurities much more easily as a team than by yourself and i think that it's really important to know that even if it sounded good in your head that might not be really good in reality or if it sounded really not good in your head it actually could be really good in reality so Mm -hmm. keep the doors open (laughs) absolutely some other general i mean like you said Every one of these is dependent on the actual situation, right? So we could answer all of these for Randy, but they may not necessarily apply to you. But there are some general things that I think are really important, some of which you answered, some maybe new ones that I'll add. One is whatever you decide, you both have to be in agreement. (laughs) I know that sounds ridiculously simple, but it's true. And you have to be really honest about that. You have to be really honest about being okay with it. Whatever you sit down and negotiate, you both have to be in line with that. Mm -hmm. 
which is very often not always the case. And one of the reasons why is because of communication. So my second general statement is you have to really communicate openly about all of this. You can't hold back. Mm -hmm. You have to be 100% honest with what you're okay with, what you're not okay with. Um, When you're sitting down to figure out how this is going to work for you, you just have to be 100% honest and you don't say go until you're really in agreement, Mm -hmm. like really in agreement. So one thing that we brought into light for Randy was the idea of um, so seeing yourself as a team and writing things down. Um, and I know that you've got some story from being in open relationships too that you might want to share at some point, Kevin. But some of the things for sure that that is important is those things need to be clear. And I believe that in writing is better than verbal. And so it's creating your relationship agreement. And know that those agreements will change over time. When I started, I think we had a six pages agreement because we were trying to think about every single detail. And then as you know, you're like four years in the relationship, you feel so much more comfortable, you kind of ditch most of it. And maybe you just have a couple of things. Some of the things that you absolutely need to know and remember is how do you do safe sex? How do you actually have sex with other people? Do you use condoms? Do you disclose STIs? I mean, all of these things are absolutely crucial. We've done a whole show on how to talk about STIs, like how to have sex, safe sex. Um, so for more details on the how-tos, go back to that particular show. But this needs to be very clear. Another thing to remember is it has to add to the relationship, not take away. And so if you go to a party and you meet uh, another hot babe and you're like, oh, I really want to fuck this person, know that if that's a true connection, the excitement, the desire will still be there in a day after you go home and talk with your partner. Yeah, and so one of the most common rules, and I know it's a rule I certainly had, and I think you have that rule as well, is there's no calling up your partner at the last minute and going, I met this person and and I really want to have sex with them. Like, no, Mm -hmm. absolutely not. You and you're out and about and your partner's at home thinking that life is all good, doing their thing, and then they get this frantic phone call or this call where there's suddenly pressure to make a decision right there and you don't know the detail. Absolutely not. Like Celine said, Um, If there really is a genuine attraction, it will still be there a day later, two days later, next week, whenever you can schedule your date. Unless your agreement is don't tell and anything goes. And then that's a different agreement. It is a different agreement. It's not one that I recommend. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can go into that more later. But I want to tell you, you reminded me of a funny story Uh that I wanted to tell about (laughs) agreements and whether or not you should write them down. Okay, so I was in a relationship. And we had decided that we were going to transition our relationship into an open relationship. And we talked about this and we did have some rules. Now, we didn't have a six page, you know, list of, you know, agreements for it. But we had, I think, about four or five main agreements. They were things like uh, no calling the person last minute and saying, I really want to do this. There were things like um, the next day. Uh, you know, you have to tell them all the details. Um, safe sex was a must. 
there were one or two more. Like there were they were a bit more high level things as opposed to some people get super detailed. Didn't you have one about no ejaculation inside a woman? Yes, yeah, that was you one had that too. One. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> th- there, there were right. So all right, here's the funny part of the story. <clears throat> so we are traveling to an event, and the event is a sex positive event, and it is actually an event that is all about um, poly people. So it's a whole uh, like four day weekend out at a site um, where they they were taking over an entire hotel and they were doing this whole event where they're having teachers come in doing workshops and you know some uh, play parties at night and stuff. And we're driving there and we are driving with a friend of ours who's also a coach in the in the sex positive world uh, and relationship world. And just to make conversation from the back seat, she says. So what are your guys' agreements? You know, like we're on our way to this poly thing. What are your guys' agreements? And my partner, she's sitting in the passenger seat. She goes, oh, we don't have any agreements. I like almost swerved out of the lane I was in. I was like, what? What do you mean we don't have it? And then I listed all the agreements, you know, the four, five, six that we had. And I'm like... We've talked about every one of these things. Every one of these things is an agreement. What do you mean we don't have agreements? <laughs> and that was the moment in which I realized that because we didn't write them down, that somehow they weren't considered actual agreements. I don't know how that is. We clearly spoke about every one of these. <laughs> and isn't that, didn't you reach out to us afterwards to me and my previous partner to ask for our agreements so that you guys could make an agreement like started from what we had written and make you on? I'm pretty sure yeah, that yeah, we gave I, you that. <laughs> you, you did, you did. I said, well, what are your guys' agreements? I want to see what you wrote, you know? And so... <laughs> I used that, and we, we made a new list of agreements. Uh-huh. Not only did I write it down, I had it saved digitally on my phone <laughs> so that if this ever came up at any moment, I'm like, wait, I have the agreements. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that this was the part that was one of the biggest takeaway for Randy, to realize that they could decide this as a team. Know that things could change over time, that maybe at first you do something a certain way, then you feel more comfortable or you try to explore something else. One of the things that we also mentioned was we recommended maybe starting playing together with other people first, because then you can start to see how you interact, how it feels. It's easier to say stop or or like and to reconnect and to create something. So maybe take baby steps. You know, you don't have to go all the way first. You could basically make love next to another couple. I mean, for a lot of people, this is like groundbreaking when that happens. super edgy for most people. It is. And I know I'm saying like this, and I was like, I think I was about 23 the first time it happened. And it was just like, yeah, it's 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 been a while. So for me, it's kind of part of like it's kind of natural. I'm like, yeah, that's not it's not a biggie for me because it's like been there, done that numerous times, can't even count it anymore. But it's like if I remember to the first time, it was so liberating. So you could start with something like that, and then there could be a let's talk. You know, like you can make love and and play out some fantasies. And remember, a threesome doesn't always mean that it's two girl on a guy it could be two guys on a girl how do you feel as the dude as randy being next to another man with a penis and 
would you want to play with that penis or not? Do you want to be involved? Do you want to direct them? Or do you want to just watch? Like another thing too is maybe you just want to watch her being fucked by somebody else. Yeah, some people are into that. Some people are into that. But see, there are like the, there are no limits. Anything you can imagine is worth trying as long as you both you know, in full consent and you're not hurting anyone. I mean, you know, if it's constant hurting through BDSM, why not? But still, you know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But so like try the scenario, start with baby steps and see which one feels good. And then the one most important thing is always come back together whether it's the very next day, whether if you live together, then after you go on a date with somebody else, you go back and sleep with your partner in the same bed. And by sleeping, I mean just sleeping doesn't mean to have sex, but always make sure that then you go back to nurture your relationship again. And the more you can feed that relationship, the more secure you will feel and the easier it will be to open up, to have other experiences. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And it's okay to say, I need to slow down. It's okay to say, this doesn't feel good. It's okay to say, I need reassurance that you love me. And this is what the coming back together really is about. It's about saying, I just had a great fuck with this person and I'm coming back to you and I love you. Yeah. You know, you just reminded me of a rule. So assuming that Randy and his partner agree to be, you know, what people call primaries, Mm -hmm. sort of the primary relationship. And then they, you know, explore outside of that. Uh, You reminded me of a rule that I think is kind of a must in these scenarios. That's the veto rule. Yes, that's right. I forgot that one. We totally talked about this with Randy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And the, the veto rule is this. If we are considered primaries, we are the main unit, and we decide that we want to have any sort of lovers or interaction outside of that, in order to keep the integrity of us, we each have to have veto power, which means that if for any reason we need to call a red light on what's happening, like a a hard stop, we have the power to do that. So let's say I was... Uh, having a lover on the side and for some reason that particular person maybe was triggering to you or there was it was maybe bringing in some drama into the relationship or something that was sort of destabilizing for us and negatively affecting us you would have the power to say no I need you to stop Mm -hmm. and then me I have to respect that Mm -hmm. I have to say okay my primary commitment is to you in this relationship And if this isn't working for you, then it's not really working for me either. And a change needs to be made. Yes. And don't use it lightly. Veto power is is something that you you only use when it's absolutely necessary. But knowing that you have that also helps you feel more comfortable opening up. So we kind of getting close to the end of our show and we've got a so lot more questions there. But I think this gave us a really good idea about the dynamics of open relationship where, you know, 
where you can start going. And to sum up some of the other thing that I really want to mention, because he had other question about, hey, what happens if she has sex and then I don't, or if I want sex, I would have to go and get it out. Like maybe I'd even have to pay for it, you know, or things like that. And that doesn't feel good. And the thing is, you have to remember that being in an open relationship is not always like tits for tats, like, oh, you had sex, now I have to go have sex. Like, sometimes one has a lover and another one doesn't. Sometimes one has three lovers and the other one has just one or none. And it is always a great opportunity to be like, I'm like, hey, if she goes on a date, you could be doing something you really want to do. Uh, You could be reading, you could be working on a project, playing guitar, going to hang out with guys or do something like that feeds you. Or you could have another lover, but it's really not about she's having this, so I need to have that. She just had sex with somebody, I need to do the same thing. That's not how open relationship works. No, and we actually see a lot of people try to do that. Mm-hmm. And it and it ultimately drives them crazy mm-hmm. because it never really works out. Look, nothing in life is 100% equal. Your monogamous relationship isn't 100% equal. Like, it just isn't, right? Like, somebody gets more of the chocolate cake regularly. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) But you get more of the the, chips and hummus. Right. You know, it's like, like, it's never going to be a hundred. It's not like we're over here counting chips. Like, you get five chips over here. You get five (laughs) chips over here. You know, like, that's not the way that it works. And open relationship doesn't work that way either. So, you know, if you're thinking that, well, she had sex three times. So now I have to go out and find somebody to have sex with three times. No. It's it's never should be a should. It has to be like natural. It has to feel good. You have to be a fool. Yes. And what's beautiful as what you start to learn when you're in open relationships is to start to listen to your needs and to yourself because you have to set boundaries and you have to speak out for what you want and need in order to get those things. And this is something that a lot of people don't practice. And by the way, you don't have to be in an open relationship to start to learn to do that. You should be doing this in any relationship, setting boundaries and asking for what you want and need because ultimately that's how you can be fulfilled in a relationship. And I want to say that if you're not good at relationship, monogamous relationship, don't think that you're going to be good at open relating. No, you'll just be bad at more than one relationship. Exactly. (laughs) So think of those as your playground. We barely scratched the surface, but we hope that this gave you a new place to start some new things. As always, uh, we are more than happy to support you on your growth and diving into details. And we are available for coachings and, and supporting you on your journey. And um, did you have something else you wanted to add about we about coaching session on the air? Oh yes. <laughs> so this we call this a virtual coaching session. Uh, one because uh, you know it's via this um, uh, medium. medium that we're using, right? Which is the podcast. But also because we we couldn't get. Randy to actually be physically on the show with us to sort of go through a coaching. But we wanted to offer out to the audience one on-air free coaching session. So you will come on the podcast with us for 30 to 40 minutes or so, and you can ask about anything about sex, love, and relationship, and we will provide coaching 
uh, for you right here live on the podcast. And just to be clear, this can be done online. It's uh, You don't have to be physically here where we are, show up at the studio. You just have to show up on camera uh, and be willing to have your voice uh, right there. So we yes. know it can be sensitive because it's like, wow, this is like really edgy. I don't want to talk about these things. But some people are fine about this. Um, and so if you are interested, please send us an email at support at power uh, at uh, Sorry, is that the... What's, no, no. Our, what's our email? <laughs> support at the Love Lab Podcast. Oh, yes, yeah. support at the Love Lab Podcast. <laughs> It'll be in the notes. Just click on the yes. link to send us a message. And we've only got one slot, mm-hmm. um, and, and we expect to get more than one message. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do is we will take all the requests in, mm-hmm. and we will try to find someone that we think would make the most engaging session for listeners. And uh, we don't really have like official rules, you know, like a whole long list. It's just like, it's going to be our decision. We're going to look at, you know, what your story is, what you want help with and find out if, if we can help you in a short amount of time in a way that was really beneficial to you and that the audience would get value from. Absolutely. So we'll do our best with it. Yeah. So shoot us an email, give us details about what you want support on, and hopefully you'll be a little like you want to come on air with us. All right, everybody. That's all the time we have, and we will see you next week. We hope you liked this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoyed this show, leave a comment and share it with your friends. And if you want more, we have an entire digital library with the best sex tips and relationship advice at CelineRemy.com. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y.com. So join us in the sex vault to continue this adventure. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs>